Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good to have you here tonight. Praise God. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty. We're going to get this uh, service going tonight. This is Healing School, Birthday Family Church. How you doing? Glad you're here. I was just looking at the notes of Todd Bailey, and um, you got to pray to interpret. Um, it's it's just crazy. He's got notes everywhere. So let's just get right into it tonight. It's already time to start. And so, as you know, Todd Bailey is here visiting from beautiful downtown Fort Collins. He is a traveling evangelist, and uh, he goes all over the world and preaches. How many countries now are you up to? Uh, 21 nations, 18 Tw- nations of Bible schools. Okay, 21 nations, 18 Bible schools, 18 nations of Bible schools, and five continents. So you only got two more continents to go? Praise the Lord. There you go. Well, that'll be fun. So he is a tremendous uh, voice uh, for the Lord. And uh, really, one thing that I feel keynotes Todd's ministry is that he builds up the local church. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of ministers out there that are trying to build up their own kingdom. And uh, what Todd is doing is he's building up the kingdom that's within us. And so it's just an awesome and wonderful thing. So we're just, without any further ado... uh, Reverend and Most Holy uh, Todd Bailey, why don't you come on down and uh, just kick it off. And this is healing school, so that means you do whatever the Lord wants you to do and uh, say and do, and it's going to be good. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. You're welcome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I do have some. Crazy notes. Yeah, I could talk in two languages and write in four. (laughs) No, praise the Lord. Well, again, I appreciate the opportunity to minister, and uh, I just counted it an honor to serve people from the table of God and I was in food service for nine years and I found out customer service and being a good server you know is what it's all about amen you know a good server if you notice in restaurants um, they almost are unnoticed if they're really good they they peel your glass they get you almost without even asking and the only time you recognize that they're there you might drop the check off and leave and that's what I want to do. I just want to come give you the word, and you just remember the word, not the person. Amen. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. We just ask you to think through our minds, speak through our lips, use these vessels of clays, Father, for your glory. We thank you for divine revelation. Not information, but divine revelation, Father. We just thank you that we're going to be good ground. We'll receive the word. We will receive the word. Even... We don't have to fully understand it to just receive it because we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We thank you, Father. We bind the end to me. We command you to be harmless and ineffective. We thank you that you're opening doors that no, no man can shut and you're shutting doors that no man can open until we all get into the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, um, I've been preaching on healing lately, but I've just been, like the other day, I was preaching in Kentucky 
and I just got up and went a totally different route. Then I preached on healing a different way. So we're just going to start out with a couple things here. If you got if you got your Bibles, turn to Second Peter chapter three verse eight. Second Peter chapter three verse eight. <clears throat> we're just going to lay a foundation. Uh, it says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So we know that um, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day unto the Lord. So if you get into the scriptures, it says, teaching them, Matthew 28, 20. Now I go fast, so y'all might as well just enjoy the. It's like an IMAX movie. You ever went to an IMAX movie? You just sit back and watch it. You don't eat popcorn. You don't drink nothing. You just sit back and enjoy it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, 20 says, it says, Teaching them to observe all things, whatever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It may, amplified means all the days on, on every equation. I mean, occasion. So think about that. He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. We know that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Well, to the best of my knowledge, I'll stand to be corrected. I don't believe time existed until Adam sinned. That's just me. And I believe the only reason that God uses words to describe himself, he does it in the realm that we live in. That's why he says, I'm the Alpha Omega, beginning then, first and the last. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he uses words to describe himself, but in the realm that we live in. But see, God lives in time. I mean, he doesn't live in time like what you and I does. But he can operate in time. See, God can look at your past when you're about ready to do something 30 years ago. And God, I believe, can change something today that was going to affect 30 years ago. But do it in a way to change your future where your outcome is better than the downfall. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God goes before us. In other words, God knows your future better than we know our past. Now, Hebrews 13, 8, I mentioned that earlier, but in the Amplified, it says Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same. Yesterday, today, and yes, forever, to the ages. Well, if that's true, if Jesus Christ is the same, we know that God is the same, because John 10, 30 says, my father, I, I and my Father are one. So we know that the Spirit of truth is the Spirit of God, and we know that He's the Spirit of grace that comes and does the bidding because He said, I will leave, but I will not leave you comfortless. That's why He's called the Comforter. He's the teacher. He's the guide. He's the intercessor. We talked about that this morning. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, and I change not. James 1, 17 says, Every good thing bestowed and every good gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Psalms 121, verse 4, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. Now, we know the Spirit of God is everywhere, but that does not mean He is manifested everywhere. Amen? Amen. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom, liberty. Amen? Amen? So, we got to realize that faith is the demand that we put upon God. God's no respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Amen. So if we're going to relate to God, then we're going to relate to Him in the now. Because the one thing about God is He lives in one eternal now. You know, most people are living in the future, they're living in the past, but very few are living in the present. Amen. And that's what His Word is. That's who He is. He is one eternal, He lives in one eternal now. So who comes to God must believe that He is. That's just not His identity. That He is right now to you, to, to you in your life 
as he is. You know, he's not the great I'm going to be or the great I was. He's the great what? I am. Now, I want to I share this before we get into uh, some things about faith and stuff. I actually was looking through some different notes and stuff. And, you know, it's funny when you clean your office out, you go, oh, I forgot I had all this stuff. Well, that was one of them that I had. And I had gotten it out a few days ago. And I didn't even relate, I guess. I just, I just kept it out. And I thought, well, I'm going to make photocopies of that in the office and bring it down so y'all can just have it. Amen. But I want to talk in it about uh, the two Adams and two gardens. Amen. Do you want you want to change it now, or you want to go on? Okay. There, the two Adams and two gardens. Now, let me just give you this little scenario. It's not a scenario. Let me just lay this out for you. In, in the beginning, God said, "Let us." Well, that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us create man in our image and after our likeness. We were created after God's image and His likeness. Well, is God sick? Is He poor? Is He depressed? No, He's not. Now, we're in this world, but we're not of it. But the thing is, is, is when, you, when you realize that when God created man out of the dirt of the ground, He breathed the substance in him. I don't know if it was oxygen, but I do know it was a substance called spirit. See, the main thing is you are a spirit that lives in a body and you possess a soul. You are a spirit. You don't have a spirit. You're not like Cash Brother Ghost. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you possess a soul. That's the three parts of man. Man is a spirit. He lives in a body. He possesses a soul. But out of the soul consists three parts. It's the mind which thinks. It's the intellect. It's the emotions which feel. And it's the will which decides. So the will is the strongest part of the soul. Let's do it again. It's the mind. Okay, you are spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul. Out of the soul is the mind which thinks, it's the intellect, the emotions which feel, and the will which decides. The will is the strongest part of the soul. It doesn't matter what you think or what you feel. I know the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah, but you had to make a choice to think that. So when I make a choice by an act of my will, like this morning, we repent by an act of our will. Our will will control our mind. Let me say it this way. When I make a decision by an act of my will, my will will make up my mind and cause my emotions to fall in line. But the battleground is the mind. As the mind goes, so everything else. And I had another sheet on this a little bit, but it, let me give you this nugget before we get past Genesis 1 and talk about the two Adams. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So to me, while I study this and see it and listen and all that, it seems to me that what, how, what, how does things get into the heart? Through the thoughts. So it goes from the head to the heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, it's not a sin that when you think upon something, but it's when you meditate upon it, you ponder it, and you keep going on it. Meditate means basically to mutter or to speak to oneself. Faith only comes by one way, by hearing. You, if you have meditation without a voice, then faith is not going to come. You're going to believe probably nobody more than you're going to believe yourself. Speaking the word of God in the present tense. God has an address, it's the present tense. Your voice is your address in the spirit. If you don't speak, you lose by default. The only thing that will affect the spiritual and the natural realms at the same time is the words of your mouth. You have what you say. The word of God, if you go into most bathrooms today, everything is motion activated. Well, every promise in here is voice activated. Now, you read Genesis 1, nothing came into existence until after God said it. Let's just put that on pause. Okay. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
You ever went fishing and have three rods and nobody shows up? You, you just want to throw all three out. So I just rod one in, I got this one, then we'll get back to where we're at. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what gives access into the heart? Thoughts. But how do you get those thoughts that have germinated through meditation from the impartation? It is released out of the mouth through proclamation. So it starts with the information or, or you know, your mentality. But as it goes from there into the heart, it comes out of the mouth. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, but out of the abundance of the heart. Well, that means that the heart has a capacity called abundance. And if you want to live an abundant life, then you better guard the abundance problem, you know, area of your heart. As abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. So think, believe, speak. Brother Hagin said this. I think it was in the keys of biblical prosperity in the, in the first part of that, uh, that first editions or something. When he, the old, I don't know if they redid the book. He says, when you get your thinking, believing, and synchrony, thinking, and thinking, believing, and speaking synchronized. I looked that word up. It means in harmony or in unison. When you get that in line, you'll start experiencing the promises of God. So think of it this way. When you think God's thoughts and believe God's beliefs and says God's word, you'll start having God's results. You can't become double-minded. Come on. You, sweet water, bitter water can't come out of the same fountain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let your yeas be nays and your nays be nays. Now let's get back to Genesis 1. We're talking about God is the God of the now. But understand healing, not just physical, but financial. You know, salvation, when you get born again, salvation is like the umbrella. It's the whole umbrella. But under that is prosperity, deliverance, safety, protection, deliverance, a healing, whatever. It's all inclusive. So when Jesus said it is finished, it's complete. It's complete. It's a finished work. That's why I tell people, why are you trying to get what you've already got? And why are you trying to become somebody you already are? Amen? I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. But what we got to understand is when Genesis, when that happened, Adam was created in God's image and after his likeness. But it was all three of the Godhead led us. Well, from that moment on, when Adam sinned, see, a lot of people blame Eve. But she, she, she was deceived. But Adam chose by an act of his will. And from that moment on, there was a poison bloodline. So everybody that was born out of that poison bloodline, I don't care what their name is, if they think they're a god, they're this or that, they're still a sinner. Because you, you can look down in history where a man by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit named Paul wrote a letter to the Romans and he said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Came short of what? The glory of God, the manifestation of God's presence. So what happens was everybody born under the bloodline, there's people today that have never been born again. They're under the bloodline of the first Adam. But if you go down in history and find out when Jesus came up on the earth, the devil never was looking, because if you remember in Genesis 1, that um, God said that you may have bruised his heel, but his, he's going to crush your head. Well, for 2,000 years, he's been looking for the Messiah. He's been looking for the Son of God. And finally, he sent a guy out with camel hair and everything in the desert, eating honey and all this and loca, whatever, and said, hey, here he is, John the Baptist. And then God showed up and said, this is my son, and I'm well pleased. And from that moment on, he tried to take him. Now, watch this. This is very important. He tried to take him. 
out, but he had to see if he was really the Son of God. So what did he do? He went into a fast on the 40th day. There's something symbolic about the, like the three, the seven, and the 40. But on, how many knows when he went, he got him right on the 40th day on a fast. Now notice this, he took him up on a high mountain or whatever, showed him all the kings of the world, and started tempting him. Now watch this. He says, he got up and he said this. Now, this, are y'all ready for this? <laughs> this is just the word of God. This is so good. Not because I, I'm just a postman. I'm, I'm, you, ever, you ever about ready to give somebody a letter that you know they just got accepted to college and you really had nothing to do with the acceptance except support them, but you're just waiting for them. You're like, oh man, you have no idea what you're about ready to open. Amen? But Adam, I mean, uh, Satan took him up on the hill because he knew, he thought, okay, I've never seen anybody like this. Because every time I say something to him, he, well, he answers me, it is written. Now, what's interesting is, he is the Word made flesh. Is that true? John, you look, in the beginning, God. Well, the Word become flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the what? Glory. But how did all that come to pass in order for Satan to take him up on the mountain in 40, after 40 days? Well, there was a young virgin Jewish girl, if you remember. She might have been the third one, but we know she was the first one, just like Abraham. He might have been the seventh man that God went to, but we know he was the first one to obey. I mean, think about it. And she said, how's this going to be happening? Angel came, a messenger from God, who only represents and says and does whatever he is told to by who is sent. He's sent by that's like a, an ambassador in the world. They're in that country, but they're not of it. They only do and say whom, for whom they represent. So he was sent as a messenger of God. And he said, you're going to bear for the son. You're going to call his name. You know, he just went through the spill and said, hey. And she said, well, how is this possible? No, and I've never been with a man. He explained it to her. said, the Holy Spirit will come up on you. Well, she, was, she said, be it unto me, be it unto me according to your Word. Now, was that the word of the messenger or the word that was sent and delivered by the messenger? It was the word of God that was sent through a messenger to her. So when she said, bid unto me according to your word, she was saying that back to God. Right. And God knew it. Yeah. So she was pregnant with the seed of God, which was the word that become flesh. And he dwelled, Jesus dwelled among us, and we beheld the glory. Yeah. Um, of the full, only begotten full of grace and truth. So when Jesus walked around the earth and, you know, John the Baptist said, here he is, basically. Angel, I mean, a dove came down. He said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Well, Satan came and said, all right, on the 40th day of the fast, he takes him up on a high mountain, show him, tempted all these different things and tempted him. But notice what Jesus did. Jesus is the word made flesh. What was the first three words that the word spoke to the devil. It is written. So the word that was made flesh spoke the written word. And notice this. Well, is it also not written if you cast yourself down the angel? He said, it is also written, thou shalt not worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall serve. And he said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So every time he came back, he came back with the word. The Word spoke the Word. But here's the incredible thing about this. I can see it after 40 days. The devil departed. 
And I believe that it said the angels came and ministered to him. Now, I don't know about you, but just think about this conversation. Hey, Jesus, that was really good. Man, you really did good. I mean, did you see him leave? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we watched him leave. We just didn't know why you didn't call us to help you. We were waiting, but yeah, he said, we see him. He said, good job, Jesus. Good job. We were all watching. He said, yeah, I defeated him, didn't I? He says, you did, Jesus. You did. I mean, you. He said, I didn't feed him as God. I defeated him as a man using the word of God. And that's when he realized, when he left, he got so beat up, he thought, oh my. That's why he tried to kill when they thought it was Jesus. He went out and killed all the children in the whole area under two years old. So one thing you got to realize is that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There was two Adams and two gardens. Jesus is the second Adam. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'll say this and we'll get right into some things. I mean, I'm not just starting my message. I'm laying a foundation. Amen. How many knows the foundation is the biggest thing? You got to dig. You got to line it up. You got to level up. My dad, my uncle told me before he passed away, he probably built over 1,500 houses in his life. We all have streets named after us where we grew up. At one time, I lived with my brother on my sister's street across the road from my brother's street at the top of the hill was my street. I'm not lying. Then my dad took my, to my other sister's Beth Ann Drive, Brenda Sue Drive, and then he combined our middle names. Me and my sister made Brent Ann Drive because I'm Todd Brent. One of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in the natural, I guess, in my little hometown flat was Kentucky is one day somebody said, hey, did you hear about Todd Street? I said, no, because my street was fairly short. Still had a lot of houses, short. My sisters, I mean, they went in like two area codes. <laughs> I mean, they just went on. They looped around another road. I mean, just, and I mean, one of them just went from, one, seriously, one was so long, my sister street, it went from Flatwoods all the way into another town. And I had a short little dead end street. They said, you hear about Ontario Street and Todd Street? I said, no, what happened? They said, they connected them on the end. I went, yeah. <laughs> I am no longer dead end. It, it's really funny. I, I, I might have somebody in town. I go, yeah, that was named after me. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, what, did I, what did I just say to you? First Corinthians chapter, let me see here. I got so many notes. Pastor Bruce, you want to come up here and read some of these notes? No, I'm just, <laughs> I need an English translation. Um, okay, look at 1 Corinthians, I think it is, verse 40, I think it's 45. Let's see here. <clears throat> yeah, here it is, verse 45 through 47. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 through 30, 47. We, we have to lay the foundation because you've got to let the bricks line up, you've got to let the mortar dry, you've got to get, and then you can put the, how many knows when you have the foundation laid? Boy, the subfloor, the walls, Man, everything just starts going fast. The headers, you start forming, you know. Okay, watch this, verse 45. Pastor Bruce going, oh, I know all about that. Amen, praise the Lord. Verse 45. You know, when you're a contractor's kid, two things you'll never forget the smell of. Fresh cut wood and fresh plowed dirt. I, 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 it's just, you know. And probably a lot of guys cussing. No, I'm just kidding. You don't smell that, but you hear it. Verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, he was the first man earthly. No, is that true? He came out of the dirt. Watch this. 
was made a living soul. Well, that means, a, in one translation, it means a life-giving spirit. Amen? I mean, a, uh, become a living, uh, let me make sure, an individual personality. Now, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, this, this is what it means. Uh, uh, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. Now, watch this. How bet the first, which is uh, the first, how bet that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that, that which is spiritual. What's it saying? The first Adam was earthly. He came out of the earth. The second Adam came from where? Heaven above. He's spiritual. Now watch this. Verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. Now what he's trying to say is this. Can, can I just give you the whole scenario of the gospel in one thing? It's one man getting us out of what one man got us into. Jesus is not a 50% man and 50% God. He's 100% man, 100% God. He's the only one to breach the gap between God Almighty and humanity. 100%. Amen? So one got us into a mess and the other one got us out of the mess. If one caused a poison bloodline, then another one caused a different bloodline. So when I got born again April 28, 1974, I actually went from one bloodline into another bloodline. I didn't deny that I had a liver situation. I didn't deny that most of my family was, you know, going bald and had, you know, diabetes, borderline or whatever. And, you know, and, you know, just all these other situations. But when you're fed that, you start believing it. People was talking about generational curses the other day. I said, well, one of the worst things you can do is have a mindset that's passed down to the next generation with the same mindset. Amen. You know, all it takes is one person in a family to change generations. And stand up and say, no, no, the, 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 the buck or the line stops here in this bloodline. Why? Because that might be a fact, but this is the truth. The truth is a higher form of fact. I don't deny it when they told me I only had 20 years to live 23 years ago. Or 24 now. I just did not the right to list in my body. Because if Jesus died to it, I have to live with it. Well, when he was on the cross, I think of it this way. When Jesus was on the cross, he was a perfect substitute. He totally took my place and your place. It, well, the doctor says and all this and these things are passed down through this. I don't deny that. But I deny the right to exist in my body, though. Yeah, but I still have the symptoms. I know that. I have people come to me and say, well, you think I should go to the doctor and get this test done? Absolutely. You think I should get my eyes checked? Absolutely. You think I should have this surgery? Absolutely. Well, if they're going to ask me what they should do, then their faith is not there because if they had faith not to do it, then they probably wouldn't ask me in the first place. But I know sometimes they're asking for wisdom, but we can agree with them in prayer to get them to the place to where they say, you know what, I believe I can be healed now, and I will be healed. I'm not going to, or I not was, I am. Amen? You take your identity of who you are in Christ. I am the healed of the Lord. Because the great I am lives inside of me. So the devil will tell you fiction. The world will tell you facts. But God will tell you the truth. Because he is the truth. Amen. So I don't deny what comes against me. I just deny the right to stay there. I'm not going to live with anything that Christ died to. But you, you know there's a lot of things about well how do I get my healing? Why do I not get my healing? Well, the first thing is you're double-minded. You're doubting. You say, yeah, I've been standing. I don't, listen, he's a righteous judge. I don't know. I don't understand all of it. 
because I don't know your heart and you don't know my heart. All I know is, you know, people, you know, if it comes to impossible situations and they grow worse, people say, well, what do you think? I said, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what I believe. Amen. And I believe what God says. Amen? Amen? Well, what if they die? I still believe they shall live and not die. Well, what if they die? Well, they'll die in faith because I'm still standing. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm, I got so many fishing lines out here, I forgot. What was I just saying? <laughs> Praise the Lord, I forgot. Well, there was two Adams and two gardens. So what happens is a lot of times when you get born again, you go from one bloodline into another bloodline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Come on. If you have a strange dog coming in your yard, you just got to keep chasing off, keep chasing off, keep chasing off, keep chasing off, keep chasing off. I think one of the biggest things we got to do as Christians is we have got to go through meditation. Because as, as you think, you are. Amen? Your mind wanders. You'll get bondages. And it's funny how the devil hits you at four weak times of the day. You know, when, when you're just waking up, when you're just going to bed, when you have idle time, or when you're just, you know, I forgot the other one. But he'll catch you at those moments that where you're not productive and, and he just comes in. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, pastor, I've said the word. Well, it's not the fact of how many times you do something. Don't have faith in how many times you do it. Have faith in what you're doing regardless of how many times you do it. But the more you do it, the more you hear, the more you believe it, the more you speak it, you start developing character and establishing beliefs. You remember the girl, young girl at Columbine? The guy put the gun right to her head and said, do you believe in Jesus? And she said, I do. I do believe. He said, well, you're about ready to meet him. And she, he killed her. Well, you find out when somebody believes something. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Okay, I've got to do this right here. Is that 630? Okay, I just want to make sure. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 1 through 3, And he was come down from the mountain, and great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leopard and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying what? I will. I will. I don't know about you, but that is probably the two most powerful words. I will. I will. And, you know, one translation says, I am willing. When the leper came to him and said, Lord, will you be willing? He goes, I am willing. But a lot of times he's asking us, according to Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah, what, 119? Are you you got to be willing and obedient. Willing is, 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 you know, obedience is an act of conduct. Did you know that? Willingness is a submission of the heart, not my will. Instead of saying never mind, you say nevertheless. You know what compromise is? Compromise is accepting what you don't believe because you have refused to fight for what you do believe. That's what compromise is. But what, what, notice this. Acts, what's it say? He said, I am willing. So what did he do? He obligated himself to you and I. Because he's no respecter of persons. And I'll say it again. He is a respecter of what? Faith. Now go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. You just turn over to two chapters. Now look at verse 35. Pastor mentioned this this morning. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the king. Now, now watch this. Teaching and preaching. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, it doesn't come by hearing. It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Fear comes the same way, but not by hearing. Now, watch this. Now, watch this. very important. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
Now, I've had some people say, well, there's been new diseases and things come up that's never been seen before and all that since Jesus' time. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not even finding vaccines for it and all that. And there's a place in Deuteronomy, I forgot where it is, around verse 60-something. It says, and anything else not mentioned here, it's covered too, basically. Because he's the same yesterday, today. And for, it's amazing how God knows your future better than you know your past. Now, Mark 16, 18 says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What if they don't? So you're telling me if they do, you're going to take the credit? No, your job is to simply lay hands. You're just a postman. You're the conduit. Amen? Turn over to Matthew 4, 23. Just turn left now. Look at verse 23. What did he say down here? Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Is that amazing? <clears throat> so turn to James chapter 5. I've I'm, I'm just been laying a foundation. And I, honestly, you, you know, I've actually, I don't know if you all know this, but I've tuned in on healing school when I've been traveling sometimes. Something, I have different things that pop up on my feet or when I'm sitting in the airport or I'm traveling or, you know, sitting on the plane waiting, ready to take off. And pa- I, it's so funny. I see Pastor Bruce standing up. He's talking about healing. And it's so good because why? You know, let me just say this. Faith is like a muscle. It either grows or goes. It never stays the same. You can go in the weight gym and say, I got $12.41. How many muscles can I buy? How many knows that's, that's not how it works? Amen? You got to learn to feed, exercise, and develop what you already have. You either have strong faith or weak faith. It never stays the same. Faith and muscle is, never stays the same. Why? Because it doesn't have a status. What's the word? Status quo never stays the same. It either grows or goes. It's always growing or going. Well, I've heard that before. Well, that might be your problem. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. James, uh, John, 8, 130, uh, John 8, 31 and 32 says you need to know the truth and continue in it. James 1 says continue therein, being a forget, not forgetful hearer, do the word. It's a continuation. It's a lifestyle. Amen? Don't believe God for finances when you're broke. Believe God while you got money. Come on. He came to give you life and that you might. Why is it might? It, well, it's up to you. He will hold no good thing back to those that love him. Might have it more abundantly. I've never had a poor man hire me for a job. I can't give more than what I got unless I steal it or borrow it from somebody else. That's not a blessing, amen? People walk around and have, oh man, I got a big house, big car, this, that. I grew up with all that. I didn't even think we were rich growing up. We had a lot of stuff. But what we needed was peace and love and harmony and a lot of other things. We had a great, listen, I had a a great family. When it was bad, it was bad. When it was good, it was good. But it doesn't matter where you're at and what size of house you're in or what kind of car or how expensive it is that you drive in. It doesn't matter what gym you go to. It's, if you don't change what's in you, it doesn't matter with the rest. <clears throat> I mean, you could, you could drive an old gremlin that they just repossessed and somebody said, well, here, it's like 41 years old, but I'll give it to you. And you could live in an efficiency apartment, 
But you can be more free in your life than anybody that's living on the top floor in one of the nicest areas in the United States. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not being ignorant here. You be rich. My dad was very rich growing up. I, I didn't even know it. I mean, he owned like 18 houses. and I mean, he owned like a street because he built all the houses. He just didn't sell any. He just kept them and brought in rent. But he passed away when I was 15 years old, and I ended up having to come to the wagon, borrowing money to finish my fourth year of college. I had one more year left. Got hurt, never went back. But God told me years ago that he was going to restore the year, I mean, restore my education. I didn't know. Listen, you don't have to figure out how God's going to do your miracle. You just got to believe he, he is already able to do it. I don't know how black cows eat green grass and give white milk, but they do taste good with Oreo cookies. Amen. I don't I, I mean, today we went and ate somewhere, and I thought, I'm not going to sit there and try to read how they made this. I'm going to put my mouth in chill and go, yes, praise God. All things is working together good in my mouth. Amen. <laughs> let, let me tell you one of the most important things you're ever going to know. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, but faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. You can't, it's absolutely impossible to believe past what you don't know. You can't believe something you don't know. Amen. Yes, Amen. Amen? That's why it's so important to have a vision. If you don't know where you're heading, you're going to go anywhere. When I did the roller tiller, my, my brother would put a, a stake at the end of the, he said, that's where I want you to end up. And he said, I don't want you to look anywhere else. I don't care if you hit a bottle. I don't care if somebody yells at you. All you do is stare at that. And he says, and you go. And that thing would move this way, jump up. People, hey, Todd, I'm just not busy. <laughs> but when I got up there to the end, I turned around. That was straight as an arrow. Now, you could tell where there was little jigs because I hit obstacles. But the Word of God is like a road that you're supposed to stay on. You might have a pothole or a detour or something, but you keep on the road. You either go through it, over it, or around it, but you stay on the road. Amen. 3 John 1, 1, 3 John 1 2 says, Beloved, I pray or wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, comma, even as your soul prospers. You cannot prosper and be in health no further than your soul prospers. See, a lot of people renew their mind, but they don't renew their will. Oh, they're smart Christians. They can quote you all the scriptures, but they're living in the opposite of the blessing. Why? Because they don't choose to act upon the knowledge their mind's been renewed to. They'd rather go back to what's comfortable or what's a routine or a rut living or rut thinking. They'll shake their head, yes, but down in the heart they're going like this. Because they don't want to get their expectations up anymore. Because they've had some bad experiences. <clears throat> James chapter 5 verse 13 through 15. You're all so easy to preach to. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Sick? Let him pray. Let any uh, merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him and anoint to him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of what? Pity. Uh -oh. Come on. Most people on Facebook. I call it Facebook, not Facebook. <laughs> Amen. I didn't read two scriptures today. One says, "When you see a brother in fault, it says go and post it on Facebook." It doesn't say that. It says go to him. And try to see if he will be allowed to be corrected, in other words, or reproved. Yes, so, pray the prayer of faith. You know what? You, I, I'm not judging people, but in, my, in the back of my head, when people say, praying, all, all praying means to some people is clicking a like. 
or if you believe that the Word of God is real, duh, (laughs) share, click share or click the thumb of thumb. (laughs) And the devil's going, man, they've gotten really ignorant. (laughs) You know, listen, don't get me wrong. If, If God can take what was meant for evil and turn it for good, I'm not saying Facebook is evil. I get to watch you all. People are broadcasting around the world on it. Everything like this. But most of the people that put a lot of stuff up of themselves are the most insecure people in their life. And they have so many filters that you think, I know that person. They got freckles and a scar across their forehead. I don't see none of that. That has to be a sister or distant relative. Come on. If you've got insecurity, one of the best things you can do is just start quoting scriptures. Come on. Before my son hits the bus, he has to pay five to eight scriptures every morning. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God's not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If God be for me, who can be against me? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things. I choose to be happy today. I choose to walk in love, and I choose to forgive. Amen. And I've said this for years, even when he was... Uh, just riding his bike in the third grade going to school or whatever. He, because our, the school that he went to in elementary was right almost behind our house. I said the same thing to him every time. Choose to be happy today. Amen. Nobody can take that away from you, Evan. Amen. Come on. Amen. Right. Amen. And what I say to him at night, I just always say, your mom and dad loves you, Evan. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit loves you. And I usually try to say it when the lights are out or dim. You want me to tell you why? Because he's not looking at something else. All he's hearing is my words create images in his head. That's good. Amen. I, I've done that for years. I've done it for years. Why? Because we got to get a mindset. Amen. So the prayer of faith. Now watch this. He said, verse 15, he says, Pray the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. If he committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now we know the next verse it talks about. Uh, an effectual prayer of a righteous man of wealth muck, or makes tremendous power available and dynamic in its working. But what is the prayer of faith? How many knows that in order to pray the prayer of faith, you're going to have to know what faith is? Now, I'm giving you what you already know, but when Paul wrote the Corinthians church, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote two letters, and the second letter basically summed up some things, and there, I think there's one phrase in there that says, to strengthen the brethren. All I'm doing is reminding you what you already know and to strengthen you to go on and continue. So faith, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now is not a representation of time. It, it, it's a continuation of a previous thought, or, or, or it's a breaking of a previous thought. If you read Hebrews 10, and then you go to Hebrews 11, he goes a different direction. It's like saying, well, we went out in the field, and uh, we fed the cows, and we cut the grass. Now we're going to go in the house and eat dinner. But faith is still present tense because if you take out the word now, what does it say? Faith is. So that's present tense. Well, faith is the author and the finish. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So when you start in faith, Jesus will stay with you the whole time because he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now watch this. The word seen means perceived by the senses. What's evidence? Evidence is proof that validates that something exists, although you presently don't have it at that time. That's why they do dinosaur bones. Why? Because they don't have a real dinosaur. 
Dinosaur bones are the substance of things hoped for. But if you get a real dinosaur come over the hill, you don't need the evidence anymore. You got the proof. This is your dinosaur bones right here. Father, right now you said, according, this is the evidence right here. By your stripes, I'm healed. What's the proof? When it manifests in your body. One of the best confessions I've ever heard about healing was when I was attending school before Brother Hagin's in 1988 at Norville Hayes Bible School. Norville said this, and I remembered it from that day on. He said this, I believe the healing power of God's working in my body now to make me healthy in Jesus' name. I believe the healing power of God is working in my body now to make him healthy. Was he sick at that time? No. But that's what kept him well <laughs> from getting sick. Well, I'm not trying to get what I've already got. I'm just saying what I already am. You know, John G. Lake said, I'm free from the law of sin and death. He said, you know, he, he knew, he said the pneumonic plague was going around in Africa, I believe. He said, you put the, somebody just recently died. They said that man, he just wiped it off and said, put it right under the microscope. As soon as, it, if I'm not mistaken, it was like right there. And he said, watch, as soon as it hits my skin, it will die, not me. Because he knew who he was. He was not fighting for victory. He was fighting from victory. Amen. It's a knowing. You don't have to talk yourself into it. You do have to talk yourself and keep speaking. But when you get to a certain place, you say, no, I don't, I don't argue about something. I like what Thomas Jefferson said. A man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. Now, you can argue all day long. It's like the people that came up and tried to dispute the resurrection of Christ. And I'm sure somebody was saying, listen, you can talk all day long. And blow your words in the wind. But I was there. I seen the man. Before he was crucified, I seen him after he was crucified. I am an eyewitness of a second opinion of what you are saying. Come on now. God has an address. It's the present tense. I said this earlier. Spiritual world is more real than the present world. Those things which are seen were made by things which what? Not seen. John 66, 63 said, my words are spirit and what? Life. Amen? Amen. Sure. I'm going to tell you a little nugget here. Isaiah looked to the cross and said, by his stripes you what? Are healed. Now when I say healed, I'm talking about financially, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Isaiah never walked or ate and slept with Jesus. But by faith, he said, by, his, by the expression of the Holy Spirit, he said, by his stripes you are healed. But Peter, who walked and ate and slept with Jesus for three and a half years, looked back to the cross and said, by his stripes you were healed. Well, if you were, you are, and if you are, you is. <laughs> you know, I got born again. Listen to this. I got born again April 28, 1974. O.M. Pokey Miller. I was a very shy, backwards boy. My, my dad would take me to Sunday school, and then I would go up in the balcony and sit, and then after... A while somebody would take me home or he'd come and get me because he only lived about three miles away. But he had just had a horrific accident a few years before that. So it was not just like jumping in the car and going on. He lost both legs below the knees. Turned around 16 days later, showed up for work because he had a company to run. Winners never quit and quitters never win. He told the doctor, he said, just let me go home. You can call me shorty, whatever you want. He, he, he was, he was very persistent. He got, the first time he got his artificial legs, he walked on them. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? You, you can sit there and be a victim and you can whine. Come on. Or you can stand up and say, you know what? I went through hell, but the key is I went through it. A testimony is all it is, is overcoming a test. And you can tell somebody about it. I've been there, I've done it, I've seen it. I know what you're going through. 
It might not have been the same, you know, roadside banners, but I know what you're talking about. Amen? You can relate to somebody. You're not an echo. You're a voice. Amen? But think about this. Galatians 3.13 says, He hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. He hath redeemed us from the curse. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed resisting sickness. You're not the poor trying to get rich. You're the rich resisting poverty. Are you all hearing that? Not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed resisting sickness. The devil's trying to convince you that you're trying, you, you need to get this, always reaching for it. No, that's who I am. I am the healed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Don't live with something that Christ died to. <clears throat> but I was saved April 28, 1974. What happened April 28, 1974? I was actually saved 2,000 years ago, healed, delivered, set free, and everything on a cross where Jesus said, finished. That was the last word he uttered in John 19, 30. That's one of the best Easter messages, I think, because I preached it a while back. Not because I preached it. I think it's, we always say, oh, it is finished. No, I like the last word he said. Finished. Done. Period. Think about it. It's finished. He made a show of him openly. I put something on my ministry Facebook site the other day, showed a little guy holding a hamster up like this. And it said, is this the one that deceived the nations? Come on. Now, I know if it's, a, it's like a snake, you, you think, okay, this snake's never going to bother me. But you don't tempt it. You don't hang around with it. You don't, play, are you, don't, you don't give place or a foothold to the devil. And that means your thought. What happened April 28, 1974? I heard the word, I believed it, and I stood on When he gave that message, I remember looking over to my right, there was a man named, a young boy about my age, I was about 11 or 12 years old. I, he's, I, I said, Shane, I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to go down there and get born again. I, no, I said, I feel like somebody's lifting me up with my, my left hand, wanting me to go down there. He said, well, if I was you, I'd go. <laughs> I got up and I walked down. I'm not making this up and I'm not trying to say it's funny. But I was shy and backwards at that time. 500 people. I walked down the balcony and walked in front of 500 people. I, I, seriously, I, I was so skinny, I had to jump around the shower to get wet almost. No, I'm just, I know, too much information. <clears throat> but you got to understand, it's 1974. This is, you know, this was cool. Gre Greece and all that. And I think Chips was out by then. And I'm not for sure. Come on. I mean, my shows was H.R. Puff and stuff, Scooby-Doo, The Monkees. Come on. Are y'all here? Ad, Adam Ant, underdog. The banana splits. But when I walk down in front of everybody, the banana splits is not a dessert. It's actually a bunch of guys that dressed up and they look like hair bears, but they were called the banana splits. She's going to Google it tonight. Oh, he was telling me the truth. That's really weird. I would never watch that. No, um, but I was so skinny, I had one of these black, you ever seen the, the checks with different colors in them? Uh -huh. All over the pants. I had, a, I had a dark navy blue check, I had a light blue, and I had white and different ones. And I had a matching jump zip up that went around. I had white shoes on, and the heels, well the soles were about that thick. I'm not exaggerating. That's in the front. No, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. When I walked down in front of 500 people, I was this real little skinny kid with big, sh I, I'm serious, it was disco. People ask me, they say, well, I, I, I wasn't a good dancer, but every once in a while I'd just do something, they go, did you go to dance school? I said, yeah, discotheque, amen? No, uh, <laughs> I'm just having fun now. I mean to get back. 
But what happened was, I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth because I heard the faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And when I got born again and walked out in that lobby, I still got that picture in my head when I was looking through those double doors. I knew that moment on, my life was changed. Amen. Yes. But what happened April 28, 1974? I didn't get saved on April 28, 1974. I was saved 2,000 years ago up on the cross. What I did was I heard somebody preach the word. Faith came. I believed it. I confessed it out of my mouth. And April 28, 1974, I started living in the benefits of salvation. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. If Pastor Bruce was down in Denver and he says, hey, I'm going to be over at the uh, Weston Hotel and I'm going to take the train in from Denver and I'm at the gate area waiting for him to come. How many knows he doesn't come by plane, he comes by train? <laughs> faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2 and Hebrews 2, 1 talks about you, you can let the word of God slip past you. Well, I already know that. I got the merit badge sold on my Holy Ghost stash. Well, no, it doesn't mean nothing. What are you doing today? Amen. Come on. You've ate cereal for years in the morning. Waffles, egg omelets. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, I ate that last year. Well, does that mean you're not going to ever eat it again? You've got to have something to feed yourself with. Amen. Amen. Don't let them slip past you. Amen. How, how, is this faith strong? This is one of the coolest things. Hebrews, I mean, uh, Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1. People say, well, how, how strong is this faith? I've been studying this out a little bit. I preached on it a little bit a while back in Salt Lake City. Well, actually, it was last Easter. I talked about the power of the resurrection. How many knows it's the greatness of his power to those who believe? Amen. Ephesians 2.1 says that we, you were dead, D-E-A-D-double-D, dead in your trespasses and sins, but he quickened. Now, that word quicken in different places means to make alive with new life, to rejuvenate, or to revitalize. Do you know you can speak to your body? Why? Because your tongue controls your body. Yes. You can speak resurrection life. People go, well, how strong is this uh, faith? That you well, if you have faith in the power of God, that same power that took something dead and make it alive, it can surely take something sick and make it well and take something bound and set it free. Amen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's a measure of faith. All you have to have is just say into this mountain. Just the size of a mustard seed. Amen? Let's go on here real quick. And then we'll finish. Romans 10, 8 and 10, 10. We know that. You've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Because a lot of people today are saying, well, it's that claim it, blame it. I mean, grab it, grab it. Well, I don't know. They just, you know, it's all things we've heard before. But every time, even this last couple of weeks, I would be sitting there thinking about my calendar or some different situations and different things. And the Lord showed me, he said, all, every time that you begin to speak the word of God, it's activated. How many knows if you, if you go like this with water spigots in the bathroom at the airport or whatever, water will come out. The moment you stop, it stops. You just got to keep it going. It's like lifting weights. If you take two weeks off, they don't grow anymore. They go. Come on. Okay, look at Genesis 1. Just turn to Genesis 1. It's right after where it says presented to and by or copyright. <laughs> I want you to see this personally. I want you to tell me the first three words in verse 3. 
Genesis 1, verse 3. And God said, what's verse 6? Verse 9, 11, 14, 20, 24, 26. You know, to me, we say, well, God, why didn't you just do this and list a bunch of stuff? He was showing us nothing come into existence until after you say it. You know, I was talking to a, a, a scientist on a plane from San Francisco years ago, and I've been studying this thing at that time, quarks, Q-U-A-R-K-S. They said quarks, <clears throat> there was five phases everything had to come through to become substance. You know, everything you see up on the earth and different things. There's different, you know, fibers and wood and plastics and oils and everything was, came. And they said the smallest of the five phases at that time before they discovered quarks was neutrons and protons, I believe. You know what, the, the sixth phase was actually smaller than that. You know what it was called? Quarks. So I asked this scientist, I said, and I kind of already knew what it was, but I said, what, how would you describe quarks? He gave me a big explanation. I said, no, 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 very layman terms. He said sound waves. Everything that came into existence was through sound waves. How did they determine stuff in your body? Ultrasound, sound waves. Sound, are you hearing what I'm saying? There was a guy that was legally blind. He could not hardly see anything. He'd bump into stuff. But he developed a click in his mouth, a young kid, and they could not this day figure out how he does it. And the military even called him in and would put objects in front of him and just take them all off and leave one. And he was sitting there, and he literally could not see, not even blurriness hardly. They said he, was, he just sat there, and they go like this, and he wouldn't even flinch. He just sat there. Then they said, all right, tell us where it is. He goes, he would click in his mouth. A certain click produced a sonar out of his mouth or something, and he go, it's right there. And they go, you're absolutely right. And they showed him on a skateboard going around the neighborhood, skating around cars and doing stuff, clicking his mouth, and he could tell. But every once in a while, he run right into one. He goes, man, I missed it that time. <laughs> Let's hurry up here. This pulpit's made out of what? Wood. Oh, you gave me the type of wood? No, I said sound waves. Oh, sound waves. Well, see, you ever go watch the Titanic? And they go, oh, don't watch it. The ship sinks. Uh, <laughs> and the guy dies. You're like, well, I don't know what to do for the next three hours. <laughs> I love you. First thousand years, I'm, I just, maybe I'll be your neighbor in heaven. Hey, Pastor Bruce, every morning, every afternoon, every evening, Pastor Bruce, Pastor Bruce. No, I'm just teasing. Now, watch this. Oh, sure, make it, no. Um, made out of wood. What was it before wood? Tree. What was before tree? Seed. What was before seed? Tree. Seed. Tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, seed. Or let's say it this way, wood, seed, wood, seed, wood, seed. It doesn't matter. Eventually, you're going to go like this until you say, and God said. Because nothing came into existence until after, say it. Real quick, let me wrap this up. The centurion, Matthew 8, 8, he said, speak the word only. What's it say in the scriptures? God sent his word and healed them. Jesus, uh, watch this. The word spoke the word. We already said that. Daniel, 21 days. And the angel said, we were sent for your words. They show that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, I don't know the scientific studies, but I've heard on different occasions, and it's been on Facebook, so it must be true because Abraham Lincoln said it. <laughs> no, I'm, 
on his, web, on his Facebook, Abraham Lincoln said this. You can't believe everything that's on Facebook. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> you ever seen that? I did that once just to see what people do. Um, you, everything on Facebook is not true. Thomas Jefferson. And people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell them a story. I was in Greece uh, about four or five years ago. You remember when the Broncos, when did the Broncos play the Panthers for the Super Bowl? 50, uh, that was four years? Okay, four years ago. Thank you. Me and my friend was um, staying in Greece. We was preaching in the Greece Bible College, and then we was going to fly to Egypt and preach over there. And the Super Bowl was on actually at 2 or 4, 3 o'clock in the morning in Greece. But what I did before I went to bed, I typed that things out. I said, hey, listen, everybody, the Super Bowl's in San Francisco. I'm about 14 to 16 hours. I forget what I said. I said, I already know what the final score of the Super Bowl is. So if you promise me you won't tell nobody and private message me, I will tell you the final score of the Super Bowl. <laughs> People were just, every once in a while, somebody would write me back and go, you really got me. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read because you might end up saying everything that's wrong. Come on. But when you read this, I guarantee you won't misquote. Amen. 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 But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, I believe it builds you up on your most holy faith, but I believe it builds your immune system too. That's what I heard. So people say, well, how can I say something I can't see? Well, do you have brains? When's the last time you've seen them? You took the words of some atheist, you know, professor that doesn't believe in God and all that. I mean, how many believes your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Why, have you ever seen the book? Nope. All right, let's hurry up here and I'll finish up. Turn to Mark uh, 4, well, okay, turn to Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. And then we'll switch over to uh, Joshua 5, 1 and we'll close with all this. I hope I gave you not too much. Oh, I'm just a couple. You know, it's really tricky to find it, you know. <clears throat> now, while you're turning there, Mark 4, 24 and 25 says, Take heed to what you hear, for who has will be given, and who has not will be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Have you ever went up to somebody and said, Listen, i got bad news, you need to sit down. People go, No, you go ahead and tell me. No, no, really, you need to sit down. And they said, Oh, I, I, just tell me. Well, so-and-so, something happened to them, or this just happened, your house burned down. Or what? And, and literally, they almost faint on their feet. Did anybody touch him? No, but words did. See, words can take away and words can add too. Amen. When David went out with his army at Ziglag, watch this. It says that Ziglag was burnt to the ground. The women and children were taken captive. And the men came back and wept till they could not weep no more. First Samuel 30, verse 6 through 19 is basically the whole story. But it said, then turned to threaten to stone David. And then you know what happened after that? David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know the word courage has two prefixes at least. Encourage and discourage. You either add to or take away from something. You can add to your courage or take away from your courage. And let me just wrap this up. Who has will be given, who has not will be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. You remember Jairus came up and said, Master, if we will come, my daughter shall be my hold. Halfway there, a servant came and said, don't trouble the master anymore. Why? He said, your daughter's dead. Jesus turned to him and said, what? Fear not. Only believe. If you can't say something in faith, at least believe and think something in faith. If you can't believe and speak something in faith, at least think something. And if you can't do it all the way, get around somebody that is. 
Okay, let's, let's read this here. Joshua chapter 2. This, uh, and we'll, we'll try to wrap it up with this. Th- th- this is really amazing. This is just, I just really enjoy it. Because this is Old Testament, but it's still so practical for today. Even heaven and earth will pass away, but these patches is one. Now, before you turn to verse 9, look at verse 1. I think this is hilarious. And it said, the two men, okay, Joshua the son of Nun was sent out, and I can't pronounce all that. Two men to spy out secretly, saying, go to view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. It's not a good way to start for a city. Only two people you send out go to his prostitute home the first day. Is that what it's basically saying, verse 1? Yeah. <clears throat> Look at verse 9. Well, and she did what? Said unto the two men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites and that were on the other side of Jordan, Shid and whatever, Gog, Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. He, she made a deal with him. She said, listen, I want you to say, that her whole place was preserved and family and everybody was in that room. But she said, as soon as we had heard, before they showed up, they had already won the victory. Why? Because the words went before them. You need to start speaking words into your future. Amen. 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 Now, now look over here, Joshua chapter 5, verse 2, and we'll finish. And it came to pass. I love that. It never came to stay. When all the kings, now we're not talking about servants. We're not talking about, we're talking about kings of the Amorites, which were on the side, were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the children of Israel until we passed over, that their hearts melted, neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. I just want to say this. Watch, take heed to how you hear. Turn off the news and all this stuff. You know, I, I quit watching news for about a year and a half. I just started watching just recently because I wanted to see a couple things make me laugh again. But, you know, I didn't miss anything. I got stronger in my faith. Because there's too many voices in the world, but there's only one voice that you need to hear. Now, I gave you the sheet. This is just something for you all to have. Uh, one of my favorite passages is Mark 9, 23. In the message, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. The biggest thing is your meditation of your mind. As as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You got to meditate upon the scriptures. You'll never get rid of strongholds, bondages. You'll never get rid of anything. You'll never change the way you believe and the way you talk until you change the meditation of your mind. And when it gets from your mind, you got to have the meditation in your heart. You've got to water it, cultivate it. How do you do that? By the speaking of the word, by keeping your heart right, free from bitter and unforgiveness and unbelief. And then when you speak it, it'll be sweet water coming out of the vessel. It won't be sweet and bitter water at the same time. It's, it can't do it. Amen? Amen? Meditation of the mind. You've got to put a guard about your mind. 
because it affects your heart and affects your mouth. And the biggest thing is this. You have no more or no less than what you believe for, and you always have what you say. Amen. 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 I don't know why nothing's working. Right there it is. Because you'll have what you say. Amen. Amen. Y'all get anything out of this tonight? Praise the Lord. You want your notes back? No, I'm just <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, it's been my honor to serve you all. I just, this is what I love to do. This is what I believe I was born to do. I just enjoy it. And uh, I'll just say what one coach said. He lived to be 99 years old, and he said this. He won nine national championships, I think, in basketball in college. He said, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. Amen? Listen, a decision determines the direction, but a direction establishes a destiny. Quit looking at the promissory notes in your, I mean, the, the canceled checks in your life. And start looking ahead, because, see, the future is the promissory note. This is a canceled check, but today's what you spend. God can take things 30 years ago in your life and see that you're going to operate in faith today. And I believe he can work it together for his good, because he lives in a realm that's different than yours. And he can do things, because he knows the beginning as well as the end. He knows your future better than you know your past. He knows the very hairs on your head are numbered. Amen. You only got one shot at life. Don't turn 90 and say, what if? If there are no if among believers, anything can happen. It's already paid for. Don't try to get it. Just start living in it. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Praise God. I did want to give anyone opportunity if you wanted uh, Todd to lay hands on you for any situation, uh, especially if you have uh, pain, symptoms in your body, this is the time uh, to do that now. So if that's you, just stand up and come on down. He'd be more than happy to minister to you by the anointing. And so uh, let's do it. Let's take the if out of it. Let's believe. Amen. That word believes an action word. That means we're going to be doing something. So uh, if you want to come on up, that's, a, that's your first step of being in faith. And when hands are laid on you, the power of God will come on you. And uh, it will bring about a cure. It will bring about an effect and healing in your body. Amen. Amen. Going once. Going twice. Hey, yes, sir.